Welcome, everybody, to the loudest podcast, the loudest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Asterios Kodos. With us, as always, is Sarantia. Hello. You might remember a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a new segment that I'm introducing, Boomer Care Tips. Oh, okay. Yeah, now that I'm officially a 40-year-old man, it's like, when you're a teenager, you're like family guy. Then you're in your 20s and you're like, I'm too good for family guy. Yeah. Then you're in your 30s, you're like, I'm too, I'm definitely too good for family guy. And then the moment you turn 40, family guy becomes not just good again, great again. Oh my God. I don't know how, I don't know why, it just happened. It just happened. Like current season Family Guy? The later Family Guy is really good. Season 20 of Family Guy is really good. You would think season 20 of something would be terrible, but no, it's gotten like better. Like watching a lot of Family Guy, I'm really loving it. You're watching it with me. I am. I like Family Guy, I think, unironically, which I'm ashamed to admit. No, I, I genuinely, unironically like Family Guy. Well, first off, it's a show that we can both put on where two insane people aren't screaming at each other like the reality shows that you will watch, like the 90 Day Fiancés or the Loves and Hip Hops or these things where it's just like, oh, look, two mentally ill people are trying to kill each other. That's yeah, a, that's funny, that's right? That's a fun way to spend my <laughs> Sunday night. Hey, let me let me watch the most deranged people I can think of and nobody's stopping them. And it's funny every single time. Every single time. So I started like trying to get into Family Guy a little more and I was like, because I wanted to know if everyone could hear the baby and who could hear the baby and who couldn't. I still don't know who can hear the baby because it seems like in the first couple episodes, uh, the mom can't hear the baby. Well, the mom, okay, the mom can hear the baby's intents, but not the baby's actual words. Yeah, what the deal is that? I mean, to this point, I really don't understand. It seemed like in the first couple episodes, the mom could understand like a couple words the baby was saying. But in the most recent episodes, either everybody just ignores the baby or just the dog can understand. In the pilot, the dog, there's no scenes with the dog talking to the baby. But we just watched the pilot of Family Guy right before we recorded this. By the way, I have some really great timing. It takes less than one minute for Family Guy to make a Hitler joke. (laughs) Nice. It's a joke where uh, there's a a, a gymnasium called Das Gym and... uh, some uh, Jewish uh, bodybuilders are picking on a scrawny, skinny Hitler. You know, which kind of places the onus. Hey, let's move on. Poor Hitler. I feel bad for Hitler. It's, it's, it's a weird way to open your, <laughs> your television pile. And don't forget, Family Guy started airing after the Super Bowl. It takes three and a half minutes for them to make an AIDS joke. <laughs> it takes three and a half minutes. In the entire series. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's a cold open about the Brady Bunch. There's the classic Family Guy theme song. Then they're watching Tom Hanks in Philadelphia dying of AIDS. I wish we could go back in time to the first episode of the Loudest Podcast so I could make an AIDS joke within the first two minutes. You probably did. It takes six minutes to make a, 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 a joke about our friends from the Jewish community. Somebody pitches a doll called G.I. You've heard of the G.I. Joe series of action figures. I have. I think you can imagine the name. No, of the- I can't. What is it? It's G.I. Joe. I'm sorry. I didn't hear that last word. It's the joke from Family Guy. They they talk about G.I. <laughs> I've never heard you say that word before. Jew. They say G.I., which I think is General Infantryman, a member of the Jewish community. Um, and he complains about a bagel. 
the the action figure complains about a bit. A lot. Yeah, so it's like really all the pieces are there for the feather guy we know. But in the pilot of Family Guy, Stewie is Stewie tries to kill the mother, Lois Griffin, four different times. Uh, tries to shoot her with a gun hidden in a sandwich. Uh, presents her with a box of active grenades because uh, the mom steals the mind control device. And the mom thinks that mind control device is just a, a toy, a kid's toy. And to be fair, it looks like you saw that gun. It just looks like a kid's toy. It does. So the mom knows the baby wants the mind control gun. But the mom can't hear the baby saying, like, blast you, vile woman. I escaped your infernal womb. My matricidal tendencies shall conquer all. You know what I'm saying? At one point, he does say, go burn in hell. And she says, no dessert for you, like, in a scolding way, implying that she understood he was saying something negative. (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes. The way I'm interpreting that is that the mom knew that the baby was being fussy and complaining, but, like, didn't specifically hear the baby say bird in hell. Oh, okay. But I... Uh, but this is open to interpretation. If you disagree, you got to tell me. I mean, the dog and the baby directly talk to one another in later episodes. They go on invent. They go to India to find Brian's wife. Remember, Brian, Stewie, and Brian travel backwards in time to arm the Native Americans. I mean, uh, yeah, and then, but does why does the dog talk to people? Then is my question. I think if we could fake, because the baby, obviously, I think in later seasons, the baby both gives up on killing the mom and the mom gives up on understanding the baby at all. Maybe the problem is that Lois just isn't trying anymore because Lois is kind of a fucking cunt in these last few seasons. Oh, you mean uh, when Lois like beat up and kidnapped several uh, of the employees at House of Brews? Because they didn't give Lois the Customer of the Week award. Yeah, exactly. Lois threatens one of them with a heroin addiction. Lois goes like, I'm going to inject you with heroin. Now, that's not the problem. The problem is when you don't have any more of it. Like, Lois threatens to like addict someone to heroin for life so that he doesn't tell the cops that Lois placed peanuts in the barista's car, which caused her to crash her car and go into a coma. Yeah, like, she is real fucked up in a way that she wasn't the first, and you compare it to the first couple seasons. I don't like that. I don't like how they made Brian, like, so stupid. Like, I liked how the whole Brian's in the middle of the middle few seasons, Brian's character is, like, he's an intellectual, but he's, like, a fake intellectual just like he just puts that on to pick up girls yeah. and then as soon as somebody who actually knows that they're talking about di- like even scratches the surface it kind of starts coming undone but even that is like a change from the pilot because like in the pilot brian is wilson from home improvement in the pilot Peter Griffin lies to Lois about getting drunk and losing his job at the toy factory. And Brian's like, you should tell your wife that you lost your job. And Peter's like, I'm not going to do that. And it's like, Brian's right. Peter should tell Lois about this. So, like, he's not a pseudo-intellectual. He's an intellectual. Yeah, exactly. And then he becomes a pseudo-intellectual, and then he becomes stupid. He's so fucking stupid in the most recent episodes. He doesn't even know, like, a good Brian is stupid joke would be him, like, referencing 1984 and then confusing the ending with, like, the jungle when Jurgis becomes a socialist. Like, getting those two books confused. Like, in the most recent episodes, he can't pronounce the word Jackson Pollock. 
Like he's what that he fucking instead? stupid. Jackson Pollock, and it's a joke about how Polish people uh, have mental disorders and would just throw paint on a wall and call it art. You know, you're making it hard to defend Family Guy here by bringing up. Stuff I love like Family that, right? Guy. You're making it hard. It's like <laughs> you're, you're you know we're being recorded here, right? I love Family Guy. Look, I love Family Guy. Can I defend all the Family Guy's choices? No. Should there be a character named, quote, Asian reporter Trisha Takanawa? <laughs> no. Should she be voiced by a white woman? Absolutely not. I can't defend it. I can't. No, I can't defend, like, should McDonald's be feeding chickens until they're so fat that they can't stand up? No. But am I going to stop eating McDonald's? No. When Peter and Quagmire start a folk singing career and they sing a song called, and by the way, this is the name of the song. It's Asian Bitch in the Left Lane. Uh, you shouldn't. That Don't do that. Don't what? do that, fam. Don't do that. That's almost as bad as the Tom Holland joke. Grace says, now we go to Trish Takano, who's going to tell us all about the rain. <laughs> Tom Holland? Do you mean Tom Tucker? Yeah, Tom Tucker. That's who I meant. Okay. Not uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man didn't make that racist no, joke. No, I don't think Spider-Man did make that racist joke. Um, so here's what I did. I'm trying to figure out who can hear the baby talk. And Bo the Sheep sends me a link to a Wikipedia article specifically about who can hear the baby talk and who can. Thank you, Bo the Sheep. There are answers, and he gave them to me. I want to know. Brian can hear the baby talk, and Chris can hear the baby talk. Really? Chris and Stewie go on little adventures in the later seasons of Family Guy, there's like a whole talented Mr. Ripley riff where like Stewie invites Chris over to a lake house and then prepares an elaborate dinner and then takes Chris out on a canoe and beats, tries to beat him to death with an oar. And it's like Chris clearly got an invitation from Stewie and then Chris hopped in an Uber and went there and then Chris starts eating the dinner and commenting on the dinner and being like, like this dinner is not that great. So it's like, well, no, they're having full-on conversations. Now, maybe it's because Chris is younger than Meg. Why Meg can't hear the baby and Chris can? Maybe it's the kind of thing you age out of. Because Brian is eight. Is it possible that both Brian and Chris can talk to Stewie because both Brian and Chris have mental limitations? Because uh, Brian is a dog and Chris is Chris. That's really, really, really... But then look... Unfortunately, nobody is more mentally limited than Peter. I, I, I have facts to back this up. Okay. So this is directly from the Peter Griffin Wikipedia page, not the Family Guy Wikipedia page, the, the, the Wikipedia page about uh, Peter. And, and you'll see why I'm bringing this up. I'm listening. All right. So the, his full name, Peter Lowenbrow Griffin, is a stereotypical blue-collar worker who frequently gets drunk with his friends at the Drunken Clam in the season four episode... <laughs> Go ahead. Why are you laughing? Because I think I know the name of the episode that you're referencing. You do? I do. Oh, then maybe you want to say it. I don't. You're in the middle of a sentence. You just stopped. Why Why is the onus on me to finish your fucking sentence for you? Go ahead, buddy. I'm not saying the onus is on you. I'm just, but you know, like sometimes people tag team in these podcasts. Like they finish each other's. Go ahead. What's the name of the episode? The episode is called P-Tarded. What? In the season four episode, Petarded. What? 
Peter discovers his low intellect falls slightly below the level for mental retardation after taking an IQ test, which places IQ at around 70. So that's the thing. It's like we have facts to back up Peter's Mm. level of mental impairment. He can't hear the baby. Well, yeah, I guess Chris is like 14, isn't he? That's the thing. Chris is young. The dog is young. The baby can also talk to other babies who understand each other. And, like, the babies know what they're doing. Like, at one point, Stewie and the dog and Stewie's, like, on-again, off-again baby girlfriend start, like, a little singing trio. So they're writing lyrics and chords, and they're all collaborating. So, like, clearly they can communicate. Yeah, I think it's assumed that babies can always communicate with other babies. That's true. In shows and movies like this, where there's a talking baby. That's true. But I don't get the Chris connection, and I don't like it. I know you don't like it. It's different, and it don't follow the rules. I, it bothers me in a way I can't quite explain that Chris can hear the baby. Look, I like that there's like a fun little dynamic because it's like, yeah, look, Brian's dumb. Chris is dumb. I like that there's a thing where there's like a real smart baby and a real dumb teenager. Like there's a, you could see the dynamic, the dynamism there. Yeah, I like it. But it is different. It's different. It don't follow the rules. It doesn't follow the, the rules. Canon established rules. I'm not sure I like it. Well, anyway, so, so to continue uh, Peter Griffin's Wikipedia page, uh, Peter's known for his brash impulsiveness, which has led to several awkward situations, such as attempting to molest Meg in order to adopt a redneck lifestyle. Did you know that happened? No. That's like line number four of Peter Griffin's Wikipedia page. Is that he attempts to molest Meg? Yes, Megan from Family Guy, his Meg daughter. from Family Guy. Yeah, no, I'm familiar. You're the one they tell to shut up. <laughs> Meg. I, I like how seriously, because you know what? Let's say this was a Wikipedia page about just anybody, a politician, a celebrity. If they tried to do that to someone, that would be up there pretty high, wouldn't it? Yeah, like that would sound like major scandal level. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, I'm glad we agree. Uh, he is incredibly jealous of other attractions. Lois, it was the mom and family guy, uh, has in her life an attitude which has led to extreme situations, such as when he assaulted a whale that kissed Lois at SeaWorld. Did you Peter beat up a whale? This is this the Family Guy wiki or the Peter Griffin wiki, or is this the Wikipedia page for Peter Griffin? I'm really glad you asked. It's Wikipedia.org, the one that's always asking for money. It's Jimmy Wales's Wikipedia slash Peter underscore Griffin. Wow, that's really disappointing that this is the level of pages that are on Wikipedia because this is some shit I'd expect from familyguy.wiki. The reason I'm interested in the Wikipedia, because it's like, look, anybody can edit one of these familyguy.wikis. It's going to take a long time. This is the accepted source of all human knowledge. On Family Guy, yeah. On the earth, it's Wikipedia. The Family Guy, the level of exacting detail they're putting into all of the Family Guy Wikipedia pages, because there's one for Brian, and there's one for Stewie, and there's one for Meg. Like, there's one for Quag. Like, Quagmire has a full-on Wikipedia page. Did you know that Quagmire is 61 years old? Oh, damn, really? He's older than, because how old's Peter? Like, 50? Let me open up the Family Guy Wikipedia page. Well, the Family Guy Wikipedia page doesn't say it. says he was born in 1956, but, you know, it's one of those shifting timeline things, because, like, well, if we went by that, then the baby would be 21, yeah, and exactly. the dog would be dead. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, anyway, so 
Quagmire's 61 years old in canon. Sure, Quagmire was in the goddamn Navy? There was an episode about that, wasn't there? I don't re- tell me. I don't remember. Did he sing or something? I, I've seen much less Family Guy than you. Well, oh, look, he's an airline pilot for Spirit Airlines, which makes sense because he's a sex addict and he's always saying giggity and all right and yelling, oh, which is, by the way, I know those from the Wikipedia page. He, of course, he worked for Spirit Airlines. They, they'd be terrible at hiring. And that airline sucks, yeah. We find out he works for Spirit Airlines in, in the episode Passenger Fatty 7. <laughs> Guess how many Family Guy books there are. Books. Books released about the Family Guy universe published by HarperCollins. For fucking who? Who is reading a Family Guy book? Well, clearly someone is because you know there's more than one, so the first one must have sold great. I'm going to say nine. There are six books are released about the Family Guy universe. This includes Family Guy, colon, it takes a village idiot, comma, and I married one, which apparently recounts the events of the episode. It takes a village idiot and I married one. There is a Family Guy and philosophy book called Family Guy and Philosophy, A Cure for the Petarded, a collection <laughs> of 17 essays exploring the connections between the series and historical philosophers. That does not sound like an officially licensed product. HarperCollins. Really? According to this Wikipedia page. HarperCollins put out a book with the word petarded in it. ISBN 978-1-4051-6316-3. Well, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. And did you know that in 2008, the character of Peter Griffin appeared in advertisements for Subway promoting the restaurant's massive feast sandwich. Is it because he's so fucking fat? Yes! Chief Marketing Officer Tony Pace commented, Peter's a good representation of the people who are interested in the feast. And Family Guy is a show that appeal to that target audience. Fat people. He's right. <laughs> Who is going to walk into a Subway and say, no, I don't want a, a sandwich with vegetables on it. I don't want a cup of soup. No, I don't want like a, one of those salad bowls you make. I'd like the feast, please. Peter Griffin. Exactly. And I think Joe would too. I think Joe would as well. Do you think Quagmire would? No, Quagmire eats like what vegetable salad thing and Cleveland Gets a meatball marinara. I think that's true. Who do you think Lois... Because remember, in the pilot of Family Guy, Lois tells us that she does Jane Fonda workout tapes three times a week. <laughs> what do I think Lois orders at Subway? Yeah. Uh, a turkey, sliced turkey meat. She doesn't go to Subway. She heard about that Jim Mats thing. The Jim Mats and the bread, She's yeah. on Facebook all the time. Their bread is made with Jim Mats, guys. That's what she thinks. So I'm, 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 I'm digging into these characters, and I'm like, okay, look, I know about the dog and the baby. I want to know about some of the, the smaller characters. Did you know that Peter Griffin has a sister named Karen, quote, Heavy Flow Griffin? No, I did not. Did you know that Lois has a brother? I did not. Patrick Pewtersmith, voiced by Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man is a voice in the Family Guy universe. The 46-year-old elder brother of Lois and Carol, his mother and father kept him a secret from Lois as he was committed to a mental institution as a result of trauma from witnessing his mother having an affair with Jackie Gleason. After Peter unintentionally caused them to snap, he begins murdering fat men by strangling them and becomes known as, quote, the fat guy strangler. It sounds like a one episode character. He's in two episodes. Damn. Because later, 
Someone starts coming after Chris. Someone is strangling fat teenagers. And who do they go to for help? Is it... Does it end up being the son of the, the Lois's brother? Probably. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I, I just have to Wikipedia page here. I'm not who, sure. Who do they go to for help? They oh. go to Patrick Pewterschmidt, of course. Who's Patrick Pewterschmidt? I'm the person I'm telling you about. Robert Downey. Do you want to start writing some of this stuff down? Oh, he's the one. Oh, okay. So the, he's not in jail or anything? No. Well, I assume it's one of those Sounds of the Lamb style things where they go to him in his cell. Oh, and he's like, oh, okay. now this big fat guy needs my help. You know what I mean? Right. See, my assumption would be that he would be the prime suspect then if people are killing fat guys again. Well, not if he's in jail. I guess not. Okay. You know that pet of that old man pedophile and family guy? Yeah. He has a name. John. You know they always call him Mr. Herbert? His name is John Herbert. This guy was a POW during World War II. He's seen some horrible shit. He He's a member of the greatest generation. He fought in our greatest war. This guy, like, fought to safeguard our freedom and, like, push the Nazis back. No wonder he's so fucked up. His mind broke. He saw the worst things imaginable. I'm trying to remember if there's an episode where he has, like, the tattoo on his arm. Well, I'm not. Now, now remember, those aren't for POWs. He was a soldier in World War II. Oh, oh, I thought he was. Okay. No, yeah, yeah he's. No, you. Yeah. Because uh, there is a character in Family Guy. There is a joke about that at one point. Can you tell us about it? I don't remember it or what character or what episode, but it was something like that. Or maybe I was wrong. Let's just move on. Okay, I'm just saying. That sounds bang on like Family Guy humor. They do. They would joke about that. Maybe that's why I'm confused. Okay. You brought up Tom Tucker before. There's a lady reporter next to him, and I'm not talking about Asian reporter Trish Takanawa. No, the blonde one. Well, I don't know if Diane Simmons is blonde. Diane Simmons is the original reporting partner, co-anchor of the Quahog News. Oh, okay. Uh, the station's 40-year-old former news anchor you know what happened to her you know what happened to diane what diane simmons in the episode and then there were fewer diane orchestrates a plot to murder james woods and frame tom tucker for the crime and in the process she also murders quagmire's date stephanie james woods's girlfriend priscilla muriel goldman and Derek wilcox when lois finds out she, uh, Diane takes Lois hostage and attempts to kill her on a cliffside, but she's shot with a sniper rifle by Stewie, the talking baby, because Stewie's like, I'm going to be the one that kills Lois, not you. Is and that of course, a two-parter? I don't know. I think it is. I remember seeing something like that. This is all stuff I'm learning for the way. That lady that we just watched in the pilot murders four people and then gets shot to death by the baby. Fuck. I feel like you're not as excited about this stuff as I am. I mean, yeah, these episodes are family. Got damn, these writers came up with some crazy, fictitious plot lines. This is I. Okay, listen to this, Angela. Do you know who Angela is? You know these people aren't real, right? Do you know who Angela is? No, I don't. Okay, Angela is Peter Griffin's boss at the brewery, voiced by Carrie Fisher. Okay? Oh, the fat bitch. I think she's fine. Okay. I mean, you really think you think Angela's? You really think? No, Angela's I think I'm confusing her with the librarian. The librarian whose name is L. Hitler. <laughs> she has a Wikipedia page too. All right. So anyway, so Angela, Peter's supervisor, voiced by the late Carrie Fisher, uh, who's in charge of the shipping department of the Pawtucket Brewery. In the episode, Peter Rassment. You know, it's like harassment. But Angela sexually assaults Peter after he comes to work without wearing his glasses, which were broken at the time. 
after Peter refused to have sex with her and cheat on Lois, she tried to gas herself in her car. Angela tried to do that thing with the tube where you commit suicide in the car. After Peter rescued her, it was revealed that she's not dated anyone in 10 years. Feeling sorry for her, Peter disguises himself as a stereotypical 1920s New York billionaire and has sex with her. Angela knew it was really Peter, not a billionaire, but what she did not know was that Peter, as a means of staying faithful to Lois, hid Mort Goldman in his pants, so it was actually Mort who had sex with her, not Peter. And why did Mort agree to do this? Because Peter offered him two dollars. Wow. That happened in an episode of Family Guy. I, it sure did. Repeat back to me what I just said. Okay. Um, Peter gets sexually harassed by his boss, Angela, mm-hmm. after he comes to work without his glasses. I yes. assume through some type of silly mishap. Angela tries They were to broken at the time. A- Angela... Uh, Try attempts to commit suicide via inhalation of toxic fumes from her car. I guess she doesn't know about a catalytic converter. That's where she's shown taking that out. It might be a Prius. Like, that's a funny family guy joke. Perhaps. Uh, Peter saves her, and it's revealed that she hasn't dated anyone in a very long time. Ten years, was it? That's right. Ten years. So Peter feels bad that she hasn't been fucked in a very that long a time and he disguises himself as a billionaire and dates her and has sex with her but it's not actually his penis going into her vagina it's mort goldberg's penis he offered why would he do that why would he do a crime like that because peter offered him two dollars get it he's jewish and he does uh in stream acts for very small amounts of money because that is a stereotype about jewish people mort goldman himself is married yes so mort goldman is violating his his the, the sanctity of his vows. own marriage. I don't know if Mark Goldman's getting any excitement. Out. I mean, look, clearly Mark Goldman had to be erected at the time or the courtis couldn't have happened. So, like, how is Mark Goldman getting himself, like, erect? Like, also, look, Mark Goldman's a little guy. Peter, canonically six foot tall. And when he gets a spinal adjustment, Peter becomes even taller. Because it turns out the reason that Peter is so short is because men are constantly being belittled and degraded by their wives, which makes them small. Oh, okay. So anyway, after a chiropractic adjustment, he becomes fucking gigantic. His head won't even fit in the frame of the establishing shot at the Rugging Clam. But anyway, so it's like, Mort's hiding down there? How's Mort hiding down there? It's... Peter having sex with her in a trench coat and just a dick is sticking out? I guess it has to be something like that. That or like uh, uh, one of those overall sets. It could be one of those overall sets. But then I've never seen overalls with a pit, like a zipper for your penis. Yeah, the problem with overalls, you gotta like take them off if you wanna go. It's like rompers for boys. Right, you'd notice. It's me. It's a total mystery. We better watch the episode and find out. You recalled this synopsis Exactly. You only made one mistake. You said said his name was Mark Goldberg. His name is Mark Goldman. You might be thinking of the Goldbergs on ABC. I am. I'm thinking of the Goldbergs on ABC. Okay. You're not more impressed by the level of exacting detail in the Angela subsection of the Wikipedia page about the Family Guy secondary characters. 
I, I know I'm impressed by the level of detail. Someone is really, 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 really into Family Guy, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and his name is Asterios Coconos. You've seen the guy that's a, the peg leg guy. Yep. Describe the peg leg guy. He's got, uh, he's a pirate man. He's got a bandana on his head. He's an older gentleman. He's got no legs and no arms and pegs. You know, yeah. a pirate might have a peg leg. Well, he's got two and also his arms are peg legs. Okay. Apparently, it's revealed that his whole body from the neck down is made of wood. We learn that when they all go to a steam room together, which is the last place you'd think you'd want your wooden body to be. It'll get all warped and shit. Right, what's even the point? You can't feel it on your wood. Well, you can feel it on your face, I guess is the point, but still, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't. Okay, in the episode, and then there were fewer, it turns out that his father is James Woods. Seamus initially claims that Woods carved him from a piece of wood and didn't wish hard enough for him to be a real boy, but it's later revealed that they both got high on acid one day and James Woods ate off Seamus's arms and legs thinking that he was a steak. That's how that guy lost his arms and legs. James Woods chomped them off. It's good that somebody is acoustic enough to write all this down. So this way Family Guy can never do like another cutaway gag where he gets his arms bitten off or anything like his original body parts bitten off because somebody has cataloged this. You know, the facts are kind of flexible in Family Guy. Sometimes things that happen in these cutaways just kind of disappears and is no longer canon. Well, damn, whoever wrote this Wikipedia page is going to be real upset about that. Yeah, I'll give you an example. In the episode Inside Family Guy... Peter apologizes to the family, to which Stewie comments, oh, that's nice of you to say. And then Peter replies, thank you, Stewie, who I can understand. So you'd think that Peter can understand Stewie, but there are so many more episodes where he can't. That's fucked up. That's just, It's like, this cannon is like a moving target. It's like trying to throw a dart in slime. It's just getting everywhere. It's almost like you're thinking about this way more than the people that wrote the show. You make fun of me? No, I've never. You make fun of me for like. No, come on, how many more minor characters Wikipedia articles you got to read to be tired? You know, when you walk us through various reality shows you're watching. I'm just kidding. Come on. You are genuinely not. No, I'm not. You are genuinely. Okay. <laughs> You you are genuinely exhausted by this. I can tell you're exhausted by this. No, I'm having fun. You are not having fun. I'm having fun. Right, hold on. There's an episode called Lego, my mango. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, in the episode, Stewie's first word after Stewie utters an expletive around him. Okay, they can hear it when the baby curses. Really? Just only when he says the F word? Oh, Stu, the way Stewie reads it out is that when he experiences extreme emotion, it helps other people understand him, which does make sense because, like, obviously, like, when a baby's crying, you got to think to yourself, is there a dump in that baby's diaper? Right, you got to scream as a baby. You got to scream the F word. These babies need to learn from this TV baby. <laughs> I wonder, I hope they don't because this TV baby for a long time tried to kill his mom, and I don't want babies to doing that yeah why did he give that up well 
Because they ran a computer simulation in the two-parter Stewie Kills Lois, and the second part was called Lois Kills Stewie, where like they found out that if the baby did successfully kill Lois, that the baby wouldn't succeed and that Lois would eventually kill the baby. So as like an act of self-preservation, the baby gives up on killing Lois. And then they kind of pivot from jokes about the baby wanting to kill the mom to the baby being gay. I was going to say, is the baby canonically gay now? That was my second question. You know, Stewie's Wikipedia page says that his sexuality is confused. And that kind of makes sense because he's clearly trying to get with that little with the little girl baby. Like at one point they get married and they have a house, but then Stewie finds out that she's cheating on him and Stewie burns the house down with her inside it. Although she is alive in later episodes. But like, you know, Stewie's also in a relationship with his bear, Rupert, who's a boy. Oh, he's actually like in, I don't know. I thought they were like really close room. I don't know what I thought was going on with the bear, but it was not normal. No, 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 he's He thinks that they are like essentially married because there's an episode later where he finds out that Rupert used to be owned by Chris, which makes sense. You know, toys get handed down within families. And then he gets really jealous and he's like, oh, you cheated. You know, why didn't you tell me you used to be with Chris? Oh, this is over. And then. And that's why Stewie kills Chris with an oar. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like a psychosexual drama. That's real fucked up. I feel like you're not paying attention when we watch Family Guy. I'm kind of not, no. Do you think that Family Guy is the kind of show that you could just like dip in and out of like that? The kind of show that where it's like you don't really need to be paying attention to every cutaway, every moment, every line, every character? I really, really just feel like... uh, I almost called it 90 Day Family Guy. Family Guy is a show that I watch to go to sleep. Family Guy keeps me up and riveted all night. There's so much to learn. Did you know that giant chicken has a name? It does. His name is Ernie. Ernie the giant chicken. How is that established? I don't know, but I do know he's voiced by Danny Smith, who also voices the pedophile Herbert. I didn't know the chicken even had a voice. I thought it just punched. Well, you know, we hear from the chicken. In the episode, because there's a flu going around uh, Quahog. Don't worry, it's not a COVID episode. But, like, there's a flu going around Quahog, but Peter is, like, somehow immune to it. You know, some people have natural immunity. So the doctor, Dr. Elmer Hartman, who's named after Butch Hartman, the guy who created the family, the, the Danny Phantom... Where the guy that made the girl that got the guy to kill the people in the grocery store. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so Dr. Elmer Hartman is like, Peter, why don't you be my nurse and you can help take care of these flu patients? And then the chicken comes in and it turns out the chicken has cancer. And Peter and the chicken's like, you're probably pretty happy that I'm dying of cancer, right? And Peter's like, yeah, I am pretty happy about it. But then like Peter realizes that like part of being a nurse and part of like essentially the Hippocratic Oath is like even taking care of people you don't care about and then Peter like helps the chicken get better so that he can defeat him much like Stewie killed co-anchor Diane Simmons so that Stewie could eventually kill Lois but he doesn't want to anymore because of the simulation. Wow. Okay. Now I understand everything about Family Guy. I feel like we need to rewatch the 80 episodes of Family Guy that we've watched. Every time you fall asleep I'm going to wake you up because you sh- now you're going to be getting like so much more out of the FG experience. Yeah. I want the total FG experience. I want to be so well versed on Family Guy that I could rival whoever wrote this very in-depth Wikipedia page. Yeah. Me too. Well I hope you don't get into a fight with them much like Peter does with Ernie the Giant Chicken. 
And with, uh, who's that other thing Peter fights? I'm sorry? Does Peter fight the Kool-Aid man or no? I think they're allies. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I mean, and here's why. Because in the pilot episode, which is the Kool-Aid man's first appearance in the canon, Peter is going to jail for welfare fraud. And, uh, you know, Lois goes, you know, oh, no. And, uh, you know, Stewie goes, oh, no. And the Kool-Aid man goes, oh, yeah. The Kool-Aid man's happy he's going to jail. No, you're right. They don't like each other. I mean, the Kool-Aid man, but does help him get out of jail in a way, right? Because he interrupts court by bursting through the wall. Well, what... I mean, I suppose that buys him another couple of seconds of freedom. But what really like helps him uh, not go to jail is Stewie's mind control device. Right. Fuck that Kool-Aid guy. Change my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Boom. I think the Kool-Aid man does. You're right. I think the Kool-Aid man does not like Peter. Because why else would you celebrate somebody going to jail? Exactly. Okay. By the way, did you know the judge in the pilot episode of Family Guy has a name? What is it? Judge Dignified Q Blackman. <laughs> okay. He's in seven episodes. Dignified Q Blackman. He's yeah. in seven episodes? That's his name. That's great. That's I, the name of the judge. You think they picked that out the first episode and then we're like, yeah, we're sticking with it. I, you know what? I was looking for like one of those little nameplate things. Me too. They do not establish his name in the first episode. Damn it. But in the pilot episode, they do establish the black weather forecast. Tell me more. Is that the black guy that just screams, it's going to rain? Well, I mean, look, I I call him an African-American gentleman. but I mean, Okay. You can call him whatever the hell you call want. Him whatever, you know, you could call him whatever you want too. But uh, what does he yell? Uh, it's going to rain. You sure you want with that accent? Yes, they intentionally do it that way. I'm just saying. In a way, yep. Uh huh. It's a joke about his race. Just like you know that joke, how Mort would betray his marital vows for two dollars because he's Jewish. Uh, this weatherman pronounces words incorrectly on purpose because the character is black, and that's the joke. And you know who voices both Oliver Ollie Williams, who runs the Blacky Weather Forecast. And Judge Honorable Q Blackman. Who is it? Phil Lamar. Who is that? And you know who voices Lois Griffin? Alex Borstein. And you know what show Alex Borstein and Phil Lamar are both on? Mad Television. Mad TV. Good. This is what happened. Fox was like, we're going to take these little Family Guy shorts. We're going to put them on Mad Television or Mad TV for short. Much like The Simpsons originally ran on the Tracy Ullman show as a series of shorts. Mad TV was like, no, that's too expensive. We're not going to do that. We'd rather have like, I don't know, more Stewart sketches or more sketches about the depressed Persian tow truck guy. And so Mad TV was like, we're going to pass, which is the biggest possible mistake you could make in history. Yet another example of Mad TV Doing the worst thing at the worst time. Much like when they hired me as Terios Coconuts for three and a half seasons to be their researcher. I was say, Mad TV, known for exceptionally good business decisions. <laughs> exactly! Oh my god! Well, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed learning a thing or two about Family Guy. Rancho? I learned a lot about Family Guy. I learned that uh, Peter's a molester. I learned that uh, Chris can hear the baby. That's a big one. Yeah! Okay, look, I've told you a lot about a television show that, like, you didn't know much about. How about this? Let's go to break. When we come back, why don't you tell me about, like, I don't know, one of your TV shows or something? Oh, yeah, I'm going to fuck your brain up with the Zeus Network. The Zeus, the what? We'll be right back. 
Hey, Asterios, have we had an entire episode dedicated to the Zeus Network yet? We definitely haven't. We've brought up the Zeus Network a couple of times uh, in reference to Jocelyn's cabaret. Why don't you remind our viewers what the Zeus Network is? The Zeus Network, listener, this isn't even a reminder. This is going to be a primary lesson. This is Zeus Network 101 for a lot of Americans, okay? Because I I recently learned, I didn't know shit-ass all about the Zeus Network. I didn't know the Zeus Network from a can of paint until my friends bought a subscription to it and were like, Sarancha, you have to start watching this show on the Zeus Network called Jocelyn's Cabaret. And it is, the Zeus Network is like TLC. It's somehow worse than TLC. It's like the absolute lowest common denominator of tele- of entertainment. It's like if fast, <laughs> if, you know those fights that sometimes circulate on social media of like fast food workers beating the piss out of one another or a customer? It's like take the energy that you get from fights in Waffle House <laughs> between a customer and employee and just apply it to an entire streaming network. And that is basically the recipe for what the Zeus network is. It is some of the trashiest, I don't even want to say TV, just segments of videos I've seen pieced together anywhere. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Just to really, really boomer this for our listeners, it's like Netflix... But it's entirely original programming, and it's heavily targeted towards the African-American audience. There are shows by Ray J. Like, name some of the celebrities that executive produce shows on the Zeus Network. There are a lot of celebrities from Love & Hip Hop. Anybody from Love & Hip Hop that you could imagine has... touched the Zeus Network shit in some way. Oh, man. How pissed off do you think, like, the rest of the people from Love and Hip Hop are that, like, Cardi B gets to be real-life famous and they're, like, (laughs) relegated to the Zeus Network? (laughs) I think about that all the time. Like, Jocelyn was on television with Cardi B at one point. Like, before she was getting winning Oscars and, like, shooting the shit with Nicki Minaj. You know, actually famous people that people other than niche internet uh, silly pants like you and I know about. Oh, man. I would piss my pants every... I would wake up angry if I was Jocelyn. That's why she's in so many fights, I guess. I feel like even the most internet-y people don't know what the fuck this thing is. I mean, it's so niche. It is incredibly niche. It's what the Zeus Network is. It's a series of original programs, mostly by love and hip-hop alumni. Jocelyn Hernandez, Ray J, Black China does some shit. And the people that are like tangentially associated with these people get their own shows there are a lot of poorly produced uh low budget dating shows that's the primary that's the meat of the zoot network it's like really bad you know how like the bachelor style shows where all of them live in a house together i found out and not and sometimes they take that format and just apply it to nothing like they take that like there's a show on there called bad boys which is you know what bad girls club is right no a bad Bad Girls Club is, I don't remember if there was a cash prize on Bad Girls Club or, or what it even was, but they just got a bunch of women who like to fight together and made them just live together for no reason. And then just like saw what happened. That's pretty much what Bad Boys is. I thought Bad Boys was related to the, I thought the Zeus Network television show Bad Boys was related to the 
series of movies, Bad Boys, with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. No, it's just uh, eight homosexual social media stars. But it's, <laughs> look, it's in the Bad Boys font. I genuinely thought <laughs> that the Zeus Network like adapted the bad boy series for television. I, I don't know when you watch. I think if you watch the opening for bad boys right now and you saw the men sensually touching <laughs> nipples in the opening credits, you uh, wouldn't think that anymore. Okay. No, fair enough. All right. You told me that there was like a dating show that had a lot of old people on it. Oh, yes. I think that was Tokyo Tony. Like I love Tony or something. There's a show called I Love Tokyo Tony or something like that that is about Black China's mother. Like, a social media star kind of dated one of the Kardashians, maybe. The, what, the fat brother that nobody likes, what? Rob? There's a fat brother? Card- I thought the Kardashians were all girls. <laughs> no, there's a... Rob, they try to... They keep him out of everything. Really? <laughs> like, there's another... There's, like, a secret hidden Kardashian? He's fat. Like, fatter than Chloe. So they try to keep him hidden. <laughs> so Black China fuck Rob Kardashian, I think. And now they're divorced or something. And also she got... Pre- I don't know what she did, but her mom is out to find love. And there's just a bunch of, like, 40-year-old men 40 to 50 year old men on this dating show with uh, tokyo tony smoking weed in a pool and like yelling at people that's a tv show yeah uh-huh oh asterios i was i remember why i brought up the zeus network now i watched there's an awesome television show just the absolute worst television in the history of the world called the conversation okay. on the zeus network that i started watching recently and what it is is basically first of all it comes on it's got a big disclaimer before the episode starts you've seen it right i have where it's like this is not reality tv this is a news program which i don't know how much of a news program it is just loving hip-hop stars calling one another whores like breaking news you're a whore no breaking news you're a whore Marika. breaking news you get shit on on dubai breaking news uh your chain is fake like i don't know what counts as newsworthy in the zeus network but ergo here we are The premise of the show is just that they get people who are fighting with each other on social media, like semi-quasi, like D-list celebrities, loving hip-hop mostly, (laughs) who are fighting with one another and try to get them to sit down to talk out their differences, but also they like heavily egg them on to fight. But they can't say that they're egging them on to fight. So they have security there. But the security is a little bit better than the security on uh, Jocelyn's Cabaret. It's funny. You can watch in real time them figure out the security situation between shows on the Zeus Network. It's great. Ostensibly, the point of the show is for them to talk their differences out. But it's never any talking. It's always like three lines of conversation, insults thrown back and forth. And then they physically get into it with each other. And it's it's so bizarre that this is popular to me because understanding these social media beefs requires you to watch like three seasons of television, go back like years and years into these fights. Like, for example, I was watching one today between a gentleman named Bobby Lights, who I get is a rapper from Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, and a gentleman named Rolling Ray, who is a... in a wheelchair. I don't know if he's a rapper or whatever. He's not on TV, which they make very, very clear multiple times in their arguments. <laughs> Bobby like, I know he's not on TV, but I think he's just on social media just talking shit 
24-7. Okay. And also makes a little bit of rap music or something. Okay. They got in a big fight with one another, but it was very funny because at one point, uh, Bobby, they get into, after a while, they just start throwing insults at one another. <laughs> and Bobby's like, uh, when you get to be my age, you also get bigger money, bitch. Like, you got, uh, you know what I pay in rent? My rent is more than your wheelchair. I pay $5,000 a month in rent. Rolling right is like, how the fuck are you 30 paying $5,000 a month in rent? That is not an accomplishment. Go get a mortgage, bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's right, though. Uh. <laughs> I'd also like to point out that, like, I don't think $5,000 is worth bragging about $20,000 a month in rent is worth bragging about by the way I'm not saying $5,000 a month is not a lot of money I'm just saying it's not yelling at a guy in a wheelchair about how rich you are money yeah no there's a lot of that that goes on and then which is weird because they both do OnlyFans I guess now when you say OnlyFans are we talking the full Monty I don't know I didn't look it up okay I just know they argue about being an internet prostitute for a little while but they're both internet I think so I don't know if Roland Ray is an internet prostitute or an OnlyFans guy but what? whatever there's a lot of jokes thrown back and forth about the fact that he is in a wheelchair <laughs> which is because in the back uh, you know how they the conversation always starts with both participants and like their squad sitting in the dressing room hyping one another up like just talking shit about the other person and uh, at one point Bobby's like wow I hope Ray doesn't attack me and the one person he brought with him is like how would that be physically possible <laughs> like no walk me through the steps like couldn't you just walk away if he started moving his wheelchair towards you? I would slide my chair back <laughs> I don't I don't think I would get out of the chair because I'd want to relax. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I would just lean back in my chair. Here's what you gotta think about. Rolling Ray is getting an upper body workout his entire life. His entire core of being is bicep development. If he gets those hands around you, it's gonna take a couple of security guards <laughs> to get him off. That's true. Do you I don't know. Tell me about Rolling Ray's guns. I mean, I guess. I don't know if they work. I don't know. Like, he seems to have, like, a little bit of control. He kind of got that Stephen Hawking thing. He, wait, you're telling me he has no control over his arms? No, I think I think he does, can move his arms, but I don't know what kind of neck muscles. You're telling me he has very little control over his body. It looks like it, yes. Then what the hell is this guy worried about? <laughs> um, look, here's what I'd be worried about. That he has some kind of spy wheelchair that's going to launch goo in my eyes. Or a gun or something. I mean, obviously a gun, but it's like, come on, we got a, th a flamethrower. He's going to like like launch a poison dart. Like that he'll rip off one of the wheels and then spikes will come out and he'll throw it at my head and I'll be decapitated. <laughs> at one point, Bobby yells at production. He's like, bitch, you still have the tag from your flight on your wheelchair. PAs, can we get someone to come take the Delta Airlines tag? tag <laughs> and they zoom in on it and that's what it is and bobby's like well i flew here jet blue and roller ray is like what the fuck are you bragging about jet blue is one step up from spirit airlines ho and i was like oh he's right about that too oh you know who i'm gonna blame for these people flying delta and jet blue the Zeus Network. You think the Zeus Network flew them out? <laughs> I genuinely do, because if you want someone to show up on TV, you buy them a plane ticket. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how much of a brag that is. Wait, what do you think is better? 
JetBlue or Delta? Oh, absolutely, Delta. Are you kidding me? You ever bet on JetBlue? Yeah, but I like the I like the snacks on JetBlue better. What are the What are the snacks on JetBlue? JetBlue, they'll give you like a thing that's got like pretzels in it, and they'll give you like a little thing of chips, and they'll give you like a thing with mixed nuts. Delta, it's the cookie, and I love that cookie. But then where else do we go? It kind of begins and ends with the cookie. With JetBlue, they're much less stingy with the snacks. They'll just like toss bags of snacks at you. You're like launching t-shirts at a uh, uh, minor league baseball game. Yeah, yeah, but JetBlue is one of those airlines that fucks you around with the, uh, what's it called, the carry-on baggage. It does? Yes, it does. Because you know how Spirit Air, like, you fucking try to get on a Spirit Airline with a carry-on if you don't have that fucking thing on your ticket. Fuck it. Try it, bitch. You will spend $75 or you will leave that bag on the fucking ground (laughs) because those agents will not put up with your shit. I feel like if Spirit Airlines had a thing where they're like, we will take $10 off your ticket if... We're allowed to tase you if we feel you get out of line. <laughs> I think I would take the deal. I think they'd just do it anyways. They like, would just fuck tase you, their you? spirit airlines, yeah. Yeah, I guess you just put that in the contract. Why well, give people a discount at all? Good point, Rancho. I'm sure that's already in there. Like, we can tase you. We can bear mace you. <laughs> okay. So does, now, you keep calling him Ray. I'd like you from this point on to refer to him as Rolling Ray. Rolling Ray. Because it really does tell the listeners, by the way, of these people don't even know what Love and Hip Hop is. So the idea that you're telling me that there's characters from Love and Hip Hop spinoffs fighting people who aren't even on Love and Hip Hop, (laughs) this is tough for our listeners. Rolling Ray, does at some point, does Rolling Ray roll right out of that chair and launch himself at the other guy? No, and they actually settle their argument seemingly amicably at the end of it. Really? Right, because they're like, we're both, they seem to be able to find common grounds and like, wow, we're both members of oppressed groups. Like, uh, everybody keeps calling me a crippled troll and everybody keeps calling you a bunch of slurs aimed at gay people. Interesting. This show, The Conversation, is actually doing good. It's it's bringing keyboard warriors together, like E-list keyboard warriors. And they're squashing the beef and they're settling differences? They did in this one particular episode. The other one I watched, they just called the cop, like, like, just threatened to beat the shit out of each other and screamed for 140 minutes. Oh, but threats are, look, it, look. Oh, anyone could threaten to beat someone up. I mean, it's not like they laid hands on each other. Oh, no, they did. They tried. I'm sorry? They tried. It was great. Uh, the one attacked... I'm, I'm talking about the Masika versus Hazel E episode, which I think, okay, here's... <laughs> I am actually the most educated white person on this fight. <laughs> so let me tell you. I'm listening. Apparently, Hazel E invited... Masika to be on Love and Hip Hop, which kind of jump-started her career. And then Hazel E. believes that Masika, because I guess p- people, according to Masika, liked Masika more, ended up liking her more, viewers, than Hazel. So she got more opportunities to, like, go rub shoulders and suck dick of famous people. And okay. she didn't bring Hazel along, so Hazel got pissed off at that and started uh, writing shit on the internet which Masika didn't like. So Masika started writing shit about uh, Hazel E's kid and was like, your kid, uh, she's a his Hazel has a kid by Fetty Wap. And Masika was like, your kid isn't Fetty Wap's kid. And so Hazel was like, oh yeah, well your kid 
uh, is addicted to Xanax because you're a pill whore or something like that. And then from there, after you say something about Masika's kid, it's just kind of you're you're in a non-productive zone after that. I agree. So then after that, she just calls her a fat whore and screams at her and they try to fight one another. So uh, they get to the conversation. They sit down. Uh, the first thing out of Hazel's mouth is, I see you've had a rough week. And the first thing out of Masika's mouth is, didn't know you were still pregnant. When are you due? <laughs> She's not. She gave birth two months ago. She's calling her overweight. Yes. Uh -huh. And then she calls her a fat slut multiple other times during this argument. But you know what? It might be productive to get all these playground insults out of the way at the top. You look pregnant. Your kid's on Xanax. And then kind of everyone could take a breath, clear the air. And have the conversation, which no, is what I assume happens. No, the conversation never does actually happen. Um, they come back. They even have a little break. Okay. Sometimes, the, what's it called? The anatomy of a Zeus fight is that sometimes it will span multiple episodes. Uh -huh. <laughs> so um, Hazel and Masika sit down. They call each other fat... <laughs> Fat horse. Uh -huh. uh, Hazel says something about Masika's kid or is like, your daughter has a lot to look up to or something like that. Masika gets up and tries to hit her. Security comes in. They get like one good hit on one another. Okay. And security comes in and then separates them and is like, let's have a little sit down. Masika is then talking to the security guard. I found this fucking hilarious. And is like, can I go sit down now? And the guy's like, no, you need to calm down some more. And she's like, why? And he says, because you're going to go hit her again. And she says, no, I'm not. I'm not currently hitting her right now. He says, yeah, but if I let you go sit down and get close to her, you're going to hit her again. She's like, damn, I would have worked on the love and hip hop security. <laughs> <laughs> she does literally at one point say like, wow, you guys are a lot better than the love and hip hop security. Well, that's good for this. I guess that's good for the Zeus Network that they found a vendor that can successfully stop their television stars from physically killing each other i think you told me at one point one of them just straight up invades the other one's dressing room and steals their wig and punches them in the face yeah uh they get separated and then uh i think guess ray j is like you know what fuck it uh, these two are clearly not in a productive space they're not gonna like they're not gonna do anything except attack each other so we're just gonna get them both out of here because this is funny but we can't just let them kill one another because that's like gonna result in a lawsuit or something like some camera guy is gonna get his arm broken and so probably so they're in one another's dressing room, and this is where the camera guy let him get his arm broke because he should be fired for missing this fight. So in between, when they're both in their dressing rooms talking shit, one of them escapes. Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> Esca Wait, escapes? Escapes like her security handler. They're on a television You're talking about these people like wanted terrorists. <laughs> like they captured the Red Skull and they put it on the Shield Helicare. Okay, one of them, quote, escapes. One of them escapes her uh, Zeus Network handler, runs to Masika's dressing room, and I guess Donkey like, punches her in the back of the head, grabs her wig, pulls it off, and then runs out. Wait, is a punch in the back of the head, is that what a donkey punch is? A sucker punch? I don't know what that is. Okay, you said donkey punch. <laughs> I don't know. What is that? I don't. I realized... I don't know. You said donkey punch, and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't even know what the hell that is. 
<laughs> she punches her, pulls her hair, uh, and then Masika bitches about calling the cops, and she's like, I'm gonna call the cops, and press charges, and Ray J is like, Hazel, you need to get the fuck out of the house. Ray J's the guy that produces the show. He's like, Hazel, seriously, get the fuck out of the house, and she's gonna call the cops, and Ray Hazel's like, wow, Black Lives Matter, and you're calling, it's Black Lives Matter, and you're calling the cops? It's Black Lives Matter? Yes. What, like, it's Black Lives Matter March? It's Black... I don't know. She's talking about... She's talking about, like, it's the Christmas season or something. Yeah, and she says it very confidently to, like, FaceTime. She's also got a fat-ass friend there that's screaming the entire time. Excellent, excellent. No, she gets on FaceTime or Instagram Live or something to scream. She's like, it's the middle of Black Lives Matter, and this hoe is calling the police. They want to shoot us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to see whose side I'm on here. One of them invaded the other one's dressing room and like essentially like ambushed them. Yeah, so Masika was being a huge fucking bitch though. Okay. Who said the other one's kid was on Xanax? The fat one, Hazel. Hazel okay. is the fat one. Okay. Masika's the skinny one <laughs> with the big butt and the kid allegedly on Xanax. Okay. Okay. Is this kid on Xanax? I don't think so. Yeah, I think you would know, you, Rancho, would know if this person's kid was on it. You can't just start saying someone's kid is on Xanax. I don't know who Masika or Hazel is. I only know about this from this show because I'm not like seven seasons deep in the television you need to watch to understand why these two are fighting with each other in the first place. Look, I'm just saying... (laughs) Also, shouldn't we just assume that everyone's kid is on Xanax at this point? Is that really a dig? Yeah. I keep hearing about this thing called fentanyl. I was at the gym today, and I saw this commercial for this thing called, like, two milligrams of death, colon, the fentanyl crisis. And then I saw Senator Chuck Schumer going, there's a new thing called rainbow fentanyl. And there were all these pictures of fentanyl in these beautiful like bright rainbow colors they looked like lucky charms marshmallows and i was like damn i gotta learn more about this fentanyl if two milligrams could kill you one milligram will send you to space what is fentanyl i genuinely don't know i started saying this bullshit because i was a lot of time with me listeners i'll know the name of something and i'll ask rancho about it and she'll have encyclopedic knowledge of the entire thing i was really hoping this was one of those times like uh okay you don't know if, you don't know what fentanyl is either i only know that it's scary and uh on euphoria it's a scary drug it's the scary drug wait are there less scary drugs like get, do me a favor Give me, like, the tier list of the drugs on Euphoria. I mean, okay, I'm trying to think of who all does drugs. They do a lot of heroin. They do heroin? <laughs> Rue does, yeah. How, just injected? Or how are they doing the heroin? She does heroin in the bathtub. I th- She snorts it, usually. See, I heard about I've heard that you could snort it. Okay. Yeah, she snorts it, usually, and she also snorts pills. They smoke weed. But that's obviously that's nobody gives a shit about yeah. anybody smoking weed anymore. I mean, like li- literally in two and a half months in New York City, like you'll be able to buy it at Seven Eleven. Yeah. Okay. And then um, they also do like Molly in one episode. I don't remember. I just know I know fentanyl. The one scene there's like a scary drug dealer. It's like ah, I'm gonna make everybody try fentanyl. Is the drug dealer trying to get them all hooked on fentanyl so they'll be his like human drug slaves? Like why is he trying to give everybody fentanyl? Because to me, 
I would want to sell the fentanyl. I mean, I guess he wants Rue to get addicted to fentanyl so she'll buy it from him. Okay. Because, you know, it's expensive. I mean, look, that's good customer service. So they service. give you the hero, first heroin's free, too, I Is think. It? I think so. Okay. Damn. Yeah, in New York, we were, I think, I don't know if it was in New York or in L.A., but we were going to do the thing where we give you a safe place to do your drugs and we give you needles. And then I think someone was like, the optics of this are terrible. <laughs> like, and then someone like yanked it out. I I imagine that's the only possible way you could help people get off drugs is like bait the hook with a nice, cool place to do drugs. They got bugles, caramel bugles, nacho cheese bugles, like PS5s. Big TVs, clean needles, and like we don't start with clean needles on the That's fourth or fifth. Clean needles, ring lights, so you can do TikTok dances <laughs> while you're shooting heroin. Exactly, and then once we've established this sort of the peach pit or the max. Now, by the way, the peach pit that was where the kids hung out on 90210. The max that was where they hung out on Saved by the Bell. Can you give me a Zoomer area where the kids would have hung out? Oh, fuck. What's the name of the juice thing from T- 16? What is I'm looking it up. I, I, okay. This is more of a millennial reference, but it'll work. It'll work. I mean, obviously, I know on Riverdale, they hang out at Pop's Chocolate Shop, but I only know that because... Archie is for boomers. Well, the kids at 16, the Canadian show with the hot, sexy goth girl that might have started this, they hang out at the Big Squeeze. The Big Oh, it's a juice bar. The lemonade place, yeah. Okay, yeah, because the uh, Power Rangers hang out at the juice bar, too. What the fuck is 16? You're saying 16 like I'm supposed to know what that is. It was a show. There were a whole series of shows just about teenagers hanging out, being teens, being sexy teens, getting really? in teen adventures. Yeah, like <laughs> Totally Spies. 16, what was another one? Uh, Total Drama Island was kind of that. Those Totally Spies had a butler, right? No, they had a they had a master uh, opposite. I'm they sorry? Had, uh, Jenkins, what was his name? I don't know. I, ju- I genuinely thought they had a butler. They have, he does kind of dress like a butler. Okay. But he doesn't really do butler, like he doesn't clean up after their shit. What is he, the, what does he give them their gadgets or does he send them on their missions? You ever see Kim Possible? He's like their Wayne. And Wayne is... <laughs> He's like the control guy that gives them the missions Thank- and tells okay. them what they're doing. I literally just asked if he was the guy that gave them their missions. That was their handler. Oh, their handler, That's yeah. their master. So you know what handler is in the context of a cartoon, but not in the context of a Zeus show? Well, how did handler... What the fuck are you ta- How did handler come up with the Zeus show? Because remember, you're like, well, you're talking about them like they're uh, cage, like rain- wanted criminals. They wouldn't have a handler. Yeah, they do. No, I guess they do. You know what? You're right. All I know about Kim Possible is from sexy Kim Possible cosplay. That's all I know. I know that outfit looks nice. And then there's a lady with green lipstick. And that outfit looks nice. I know that sometimes I'll be in a Discord and someone will be like, here's a picture of Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable kissing. I'll be like... Okay, and then someone else will be like, their brother and sister, I'll be like, ah! Maybe that's why, maybe that's why they made, uh, for the live action version, they cast like an actual 14-year-old. Like, yeah, you sick fucks. You don't feel bad about us covering her up a little more for China now, do you? I would have cast a 21-year-old. I mean, look it up. It looks like an actual teenager. No, I believe you. I ju- I'm just saying what I would have done. Because yeah. it's like, I don't want to sound too risque, but... I feel like you want the Coomer market. 
they spend money. If there's anything that Japanese media has taught us, it's that like you can get a couple of seasons of a show if there's a, a lady character you like. I mean, I just don't know about how that optics would play in 2020 or whenever they made it. I think it was 2020. Oh, maybe before that. No, those optics wouldn't. Okay. 2022 Kim Possible. A. Is fat. Let's move back. <laughs> let's let's close the loop on the Zeus network. So one of them threatens to call the cops on the other one, which is like a real bitch move. It's not, it is a real bitch I mean, move. Like speaking of optics, that's terrible optics to be like. I went on a Zeus network show. I know for a fact that on the Zeus network, <laughs> people are constantly punching each other. I'm still gonna be a little bitch and cry to the cops. Has anything happened to these two women since their appearance on the Zeus Network? Have they continued to go at each other on, on social media? Don't know. They don't exist to me outside of this two episodes of the conversation. Outside of the Zeus Network. All right. Do you think the conversation as a whole is a net negative or net positive? De- or- ne- net negative or net positive to who? The players or the society as a whole? I was about to say to our society. Uh, negative. I would say negative. It is the absolute lowest common denominator of television. I got to say I disagree. Really? I think it's a net positive because what I like about the Zeus Network is it embraces its messiness. It don't pretend. Like, <laughs> why do you watch Survivor? You watch Survivor to like to see people drink their own pee and eat weird <laughs> bugs. Yep. <laughs> but like Survivor, they always do a thing where they're like, well, how will these people from very different backgrounds and like from all different parts of the country like come together? And it's really <laughs> an experiment to see like if the American melting pot like can truly stand. It's just like, no, no, no. Survivor exists to put ladies in bikinis and then to have that one guy that jerked off get kicked off the show. Exactly. Like, um, or, or with uh, Love is Blind. With Love is Blind, they're always like, oh, it's an experiment to see like if love can, can truly conquer all. And it's like, no, you're doing this because you want one of them to be overweight and then the other one to have to pretend they don't mind. Yeah. Like, that's the point of Love is Blind. Thing I like about the Zeus Network, about the show, the conversations are just like, we're going to invite two people who hate each other on, and we know for a fact they're going to punch each other. That's why we've hired security. You don't hire like a very good security service unless you know these people are going to hit each other. Well, let me tell you, they have figured out the security and it's kind of disappointing, to really? be honest. Yeah. Really? I would have liked to see Rolling Ray try to shoot Bobby Light or something. <laughs> It gives me hope that Rolling Ray and Bobby Light have squashed the beef. Bobby Light does have his own show now, and it's called Bobby I Love You Purr. And purr is like Rolling Ray's uh, catchphrase. So maybe uh, Rolling Ray has like a grandmother's suite in whatever mansion they're in. And to earn the love of Bobby Light, you must first be approved by Rolling Ray. Can you use Rolling Ray's catchphrase contextually? Give okay. Me an example. I don't let nobody talk shit on me, purr. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he ends yeah. his sentences? Yes. yes, it's incredibly stupid. No, I really like it. There was a stand up comedian in the 90s in Los Angeles who just ended all his jokes with the word hamburger. <laughs> Wait, give me an example. He'd be, he'd be like, My wife told me to get a job, and then I told her, How about you give me a hand job? 
hamburger. Like Bazinga? Yes. That's what I should have said. <laughs> he just said hamburger. Oh, that's great. Purr is really good. Purr is like a Bazinga that works. Purr is like, I think the intention behind it is the same way people say, period, amen. Like, that that's the truth. Oh, okay. Would it be fair to say that purr and the word facts are synonymous? Maybe. Use it in a context. Use, oh. How do you think the word facts is used? Oh, okay. Um, turns out, ye was wrong, and Sway did have the answer. Facts. <laughs> Okay. No, yeah. I had to look up a lot of stuff to put that together. I was gonna say, I, I don't know what you just said, but it sounded correct. I so edited sure. about twenty minutes of time out between, but apparently Kanye West, who's also known as Yee, which I learned just a couple of days ago. Thank you, Google News. Mm-hmm. Apparently, ten years ago, Kanye West was on Sway's show, and Sway was like, "Kanye, why are you like making all these deals with your clothing with like big brands like Adidas and The Gap? Why don't you lose the corporate shackles and like go direct to consumer?" And Kanye was like, "Well, Sway, it seems like you got all the answers, right? Sway's got all the answers. No, Sway, you don't have all the answers." And then just a couple of days ago, Kanye West admitted that Sway did have the answers. Kanye was like. It was wrong to get in bed with Adidas. I should have done the work myself. Sway had the answers. Purr. <laughs> would you recommend the Zeus Network to our listeners? I would recommend that everyone get the Zeus Network for exactly one month okay. and see how much of it. See if you, maybe it'll unlock something about you. I would recommend Jocelyn's Cabaret season two. Jocelyn's Cabaret season two is really good. Uh, Jocelyn's Cabaret, you need season two. Season one sucks, Dick. Okay. Don't bother with season one. Season two, and then season three is good because season three is like season two, but Jocelyn just says, you know what? Fuck it. We're, fuck the whole dance thing. Like, why am I playing cheerleading coach? No, I'm not learning a dance. We're just going to fight each other and strip. Amen to that. <laughs> Facts. Per. Hamburger. Hamburger. Well... This has been yet another incredibly successful episode of The Loudest Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed the new episode of Lime the Coconuts that dropped uh, last Friday. Uh, the new DSJ will be dropping this week. It may have uh, may already be on the feed yeah. by the time you hear this. And how do you hear these awesome bonus shows that we do? You go to patreon.com slash chairs. Just $2. You pledge $2. We'll give you the world. We have 160 bonus episodes going back years. Like just incredible little gems of content for your commute, to shut your boss up, to knock those nagging thoughts of like finally getting back at those bullies once and for all out of your head. Distract yourself with content for just $2 a month. And let, let me tell you, listener, if you're like me and the intrusive tots are not safe to be around fast-moving cars, then you got to fill your brain with patreon.com slash Now look, let's say you're a little bit more of a big spender. Let's say you got your life under control. $15 a month, we will send you a sticker every month. This month's sticker is badass. It is me trying and failing to take care of my nieces, who both suspiciously look like Sriracha. Uh, our amazing artist, Mimi Yori, drew this wonderful little piece of art uh, of 
essentially two tiny ranchos ruining my life. They're little demons they are. But you can get it now at patreon.com slash serious fifteen dollars a month. Also entitles you to the video feed where you could see my glass turtles that are with me sometimes. Yeah, hold on, I'm gonna hold one up to the camera. Yeah. Look at this tiny little amethyst turtle. Hold on, look at him. Look at him, he's so cute. How many turtles are in this house right now? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. I would say six. And how many are on the way? Uh, five. How many did you order? Ten. I ordered 11 turtles. Damn. We're about to own 17 min- turtles, mineral shaped like turtles, each with their own like harmonic vibrational frequency. One of them brings you luck. One of them brings you love. One of them brings you success. If you go to patreon.com right now and you pledge $35, I'll buy a rock and I'll name it whatever you want and I'll put it on my desk. That's a deal at twice the price. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.